0: hey everyone it's michelle and brandy and this is spooky shit so this week we're going to be talking about identified does like john and jane does we each have two stories so we're going to go back and forth oh yeah and i start sorry i I was (laughs) starting with (laughs) starting with me i'm gonna talk about baby hope And I'm going to talk about Doe Network case number 328-UFCA. No short nickname here, I'm sorry. Damn. I know. And then I'm going
1: to talk about Grateful Doe, or also known as Jason Doe.
0: And I'm going to talk about the Sumter County Does. Warning. This episode may contain graphic details. Listener discretion is advised. All right. And... This episode is probably going to be very dark. A lot of our episodes are, but Brandy, I, I, this this one's pretty bad. But yeah, my, I just do wanna,
1: besides the our usual warning, <laughs> just it's just an extra warning that it's extremely disturbing. You know, if you, I don't know, if you're not feeling disturbed up to it, strong enough, I would say, skip Come my back story. Later. Yeah. yeah so your there. first just, one is a bad
0: one. Yeah, just skip my first one. Just go straight to Michelle. Okay, mine's not. I mean, obviously both mine are really bad, but they're not like gory, so I think it's okay.
1: Mine's not goring. Goring. Mine's not gory, <laughs> but it is extremely disturbing.
0: Okay, I'm nervous for it. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll start.
1: On July 23rd, 1991, a decomposing body was discovered inside a navy blue cooler along the Henry Hudson Parkway in Manhattan, New York. Okay. The body was so decomposed that the identification was at first impossible and soon became known as Baby Hope.
0: Oh, shit. It was a baby? Yep. I mean, you did say baby earlier, but processing it now. now Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: She was naked and had been bound with rope and a Viennese blind cord. Which is, you know those cords that you like, it's usually two strings and you pull one to like. They um, could separate? Or to like angle it if you want to like completely close it or like angle it to where the sun shines in. Or if you pull both of them, it like opens all the way.
0: Oh, like, uh, like for blinds? Yeah, yeah, blinds. Okay.
1: Well, I guess she was tied with that cord from, like, the blinds. Jesus Christ. She had been placed in a fetal position with her hands pressed together.
0: Like,
1: like praying. Okay,
0: sad. What the fuck?
1: Sorry. (laughs) The body was wrapped in a garbage bag and placed inside the cooler, which was filled with unopened soda cans and water, which they guessed was ice at one point.
0: Oh my god, they just covered her up? Yeah, well, they tied her up, put her in the bag, and then in the cooler. Oh, gross.
1: Medical examiners concluded that Baby Hope was possibly Hispanic, had dark, wavy hair in a ponytail, was malnourished, weighing only 28 pounds, and was a victim of sexual abuse. They estimated that she had died on or about July 18th, which was just five days before she was found.
0: Well, it's kind of crazy that she was so decomposed that quick.
1: I think, like, the bag. And, the and it was hot. Maybe. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. and the water, too. In the water. Oh.
1: It's a lot of factors. Yes. Um, It was initially believed that she was between three to five years old. Hmm. After the examination, the case remained unsolved, and in 1993, the police provided money to give her a funeral, in which one of the officers investigating the case actually like gave a eulogy, and two two hundred people attended. Which I thought was like, it's like sad but like nice, you know that
0: Mm -hmm. they all still went. It wasn't alone, or they cared. Why would you you be the saddest thing ever, Brandy? (laughs) Oh my god! I don't know. That's
1: so sad. Sorry. After the remains were originally discovered, a witness told authorities that she had seen a Hispanic man and women, woman, my bad, just <laughs> one, <laughs> carrying a cooler in the location where the body was found. So, okay. Yeah, I guess this witness came forward and said that she saw somebody, some two Hispanic people, like, just carrying a cooler, and, it, like, she remembers seeing them a little bit b- before the body was found. Okay. A few months later, in the fall of 1991, some suggestive photos of a new child were located in New Jersey, which some believe might have been Baby Hope. Oh
0: my god.
1: Um, Why are they just believe that because the photos match the description of Baby Hope?
0: Oh my god. It's even worse to think that it's someone else and there's another child who's like, ugh. That's sad. Baby Hope's body
1: was exhumed in 2006 and again in 2012 to obtain DNA info. Authorities reopened the case in 2013 and requested information from the public. And that's when the tip broke the case that came from an anonymous woman who told authorities that she had overheard a conversation two years prior between a mother and another person regarding the disappearance of her daughter. Oh, shit. This information led investigators to a woman named Margarita Castillo. DNA comparisons confirmed she was the mother of baby Hope, who could now be identified as Angelica Castillo. Aww. Or Angelica, if you want to say
0: it the right way. That's probably how I'd pronounce it. Let's be real here. It's Angelica.
1: Angelica was born April 24th, 1987, and she was just four years old when she was murdered.
0: Oh my god.
1: Angelica's abusive father, Henaro her- Ramirez, had taken two of his three young children and disappeared. Like he dead ass just like got up and left with his kids. Kidnapped them, kinda. Yeah, it- dead- yeah, I- yeah no, that's kidnapping. Basically.
0: Um oh
1: Margarita, her mom, figured that he had taken Both, but it was both of his daughters. He, Mm -hmm. she figured that he had taken them and returned to his native town in Mexico. Okay. Um, But she would later learn that he actually left Angelica in New York with her adult cousin, Balvina Juarez Ramirez.
0: Oh my gosh! And
1: only took Angelica's sister.
0: Why did he leave one of his kids? I don't know. The fuck.
1: And like the fact that he he basically left, it's it's uh, Angelica's cousin, so it was her dad's like niece, but she was an adult.
0: Uh huh. Why didn't he? If he was gonna leave her, he should have left her with the mom. Right.
1: I don't. I don't understand. He yeah. Didn't, it's sketch.
0: Hmm.
1: But um, she lived in I think Queens, New York. Okay. Years later, Bo, Balvina's brother, Conrado Juarez admitted to torturing, raping, and sodomizing the child before smothering her. What the fuck? I'm sorry. Oh, I, I told you it's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Conrado um, was 30 years old at the time and had bound Angelica to a table in Balvina's apartment and deprived her of water on multiple occasions. Oh, my God. He claimed that he originally did not intend to kill her but he ended up suffocating her with a pillow to quiet her when she cried out during
0: her rape. I'm sorry. It's okay. This is sad.
1: He then informed his sister immediately that she, and she insisted that they dispose of the
0: body. Fucking bitch sister too.
1: Yeah. So they did just that. They put her in a cooler and took a car Car service to Manhattan to dump the cooler. Margarita, her mom, believing Angelica to be in Mexico with her dad and also unable to communicate in English, never reported her missing.
0: Oh, man.
1: She did claim that she she and her family had searched for her daughter but weren't unable to locate her.
0: Yeah, especially if she thought that they were in Mexico. Like, that would be impossible to find them.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess she got a lot of backlash for, like, not reporting it,
0: but you, I get why. Yeah. I don't um, think she thought that she was, like, really in danger.
1: No, yeah, and it was just revealed that they, the, her, family, her and her family neglected to report her missing because many of the family members were undocumented.
0: Oh, okay. And, yeah. I
1: mean, I feel like the uncertainty that she thought her daughters were in Mexico with mm-hmm. their father, like, she just... She was just scared, basically, and she didn't speak well, like English well, and most of her family was undocumented. And
0: almost it's a scary situation you, to be in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know for a fact many undocumented people are like scared to even go to the doctor.
0: Yeah. Especially well, I mean, like it's... she thought that she was with her dad. It's not like she was like, oh my god, a stranger got her, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: After Conrado, 52 now. Was questioned and confessed. He subsequently was charged with felony murder. Unfortunately, Balvina, uh, the accomplice slash enabler, that's what I consider Mm -hmm. her, had already deceased, so they couldn't charge her. But police have stated that they suspect Angelica may have not been Conrado's only victim.
0: Oh my god. Jesus. Well, just like,
1: I don't know, like... I mean, yeah, he did. I I agree.
0: He almost got away with it, too. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Did she know what he was doing to the little girl? His sister? Mm hmm.
1: I'd assume so.
0: Yeah, because she helped him get rid of the body, so I was like, I wonder if he explained that was like an excuse or if she just didn't care or it took part even.
1: I guess we'll never know.
0: Yeah, we'll never know.
1: Some members and friends of Angelica's family had never even known she existed, which I thought was really sad. Oh, fuck. Angelica's sister, Lorencita Ramirez, spoke to reporters about the case. She said that when she was 11, she learned about Angelica's existence and about her abduction by their father years earlier. Oh my god. Lodincita stated that she did not become familiar with baby Hope until the case was reopened and publicized in 2013. And she says that when she did see it like like the story come up, mm-hmm. she actually questioned if the, if baby Hope was her missing sister that like she oh had found my out god. about. Which I thought was crazy. Like she didn't find out about her sister until she was like 11. Mm-hmm. And then, like she saw Baby Hope's story, and was like, "I wonder if that could be my sister."
0: And oh, it like, was that's so
1: heartbreaking.
0: Fuck. When did you say um, she was identified again?
1: Pretty sure it was 2013. Okay, cool. When Angelica was first identified, her father, Hernando Ramirez, was believed to be involved in her death, and that basically until and Rado confessed then they ruled him out but they for the before they found out about him they thought the dad was involved.
0: I thought that the dad was involved whenever he first said he was he abducted them. And then you were right? like but he dropped her off and I was like, oh my God.
1: They must have like made some kind of deal, you know?
0: Yeah, why would he leave her there? Or he maybe he was just like maybe was the other sister older or younger than her? They didn't say, but I think she was younger. I was going to say it might have been too much responsibility with, like, two little kids and he just couldn't handle it. Maybe. Who knows? Then why take him? Yeah. Maybe just to be a dick to his ex. True. <laughs> but he...
1: The sad thing is, too, he only took two. I know, he left three kids. one.
0: That's fucked up. I don't know. Why do people do things? <laughs> hmm. But to this
1: date, Hedonaro... Has never been located, but is believed to reside in Puebla, Mexico. And may still be unaware of what happened to his daughter after he gave her to Conrado Juarez. At least that's what authorities believe.
0: Jesus Christ, he could just be oblivious? Yeah. That is crazy.
1: Conrado Juarez was convicted in 2013 and ended up dying on November 19, 2018 from pancreatic cancer.
0: Yeah, I get fucked, so he... bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? He only spent, like, five years in jail, though. Jesus. Until he died. Well,
0: because when he went to jail, he was already, like, in his 50s. Mm-hmm. He was, like, 52? I believe that there was almost definitely victims in between. Because that was, what, like, 20 years? Yeah. Oh, Yeah, because he was, he,
1: it was, like, 22 years. Oof. Yeah, because he was, like, around 30 when... He murdered Angelica, and then when he was caught, he was, like, in his 50s. Ugh,
0: I'm just glad he was caught, and, like, his sister. Right? She died right. thinking she got away with it, and that annoys me. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's the story of Angelica. That's fucking sad. I actually almost started crying at one of your sentences, and I had to kind of zone out for a second, because I was like, I can't. Nope. That's, like, how old my niece is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Everything I mean, I told you awful. it was really dark.
0: Yeah. You were not lying. I was not. why The right, little I pictures. I actually kind of felt them. pretty
1: bad, like, for her mom because she did receive, like, a bunch of backlash about not reporting her
0: missing. Why you gotta give her backlash? Why don't you give backlash to the dude who was abusing her and murdered her? Right? I'm, like, you're like, getting what mad what at the wrong person here, dipshits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I literally was thinking the same thing. I'm like, she doesn't deserve that. She lost her kid, you know?
0: Yeah. Fuck. That makes me mad that people are coming after the mom. That's so stupid. I'll never understand that. Anything ta- anything happens to a kid, people automatically just start blaming the parents. And I'm like, you could just be like, wow, that sucks. You don't have to automatically try to go and find someone to blame who didn't do yeah. anything. For real. <sighs> Alright. Well, I will start my story now. Uh, like cool. I said, mine does not have a short nickname, my first one. So I'm going to tell you the story of Don't Network Case 328UFCA. I don't know what UFCA stands for. I'm guessing the CA is California. I oh, tried to Oh, it might be.
1: No, I'm just kidding. I
0: don't know. Oh, we'll never know, apparently. Unidentified. Oh, unidentified female California, maybe? that could be it i tried googling yeah. the acronym but i couldn't figure it out that sounds like, sounds accurate. like it makes sense yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we would know oh yeah definitely so around 5 a.m on june 29 2001 a sacramento fire department was called to put out a dumpster that was fully engulfed in flames but once they put the fire out, they made a horrifying discovery. Inside was a woman's body along with a comforter that she may have been wrapped in. And this is this is bad. This is like the only really bad sentence of mine, but according to the autopsy, the woman was still breathing when the fire was lit. Mm-hmm. Oh. And her cause of death was acute thermal energy injury, which basically means death by fire.
1: No hmm
0: I just hope she was, like, unconscious. Because that's awful.
1: I hope so, too. That's fucking
0: horrible. Mm-hmm. But she had likely died just minutes before the firefighters arrived. Damn. Witnesses said that right before the fire, they had seen a 70s-era orange... Okay, this is gonna be a long car name. I don't know cars either, but maybe someone here knows. <laughs> A 70s-era orange Datsun 240Z or 260Z with a primer gray left front fender that was, like, in the area, but there were no immediate suspects. Because the body had been burned, it was hard to get an accurate idea of what the victim had looked like. So, she was believed to be a young white woman, most likely between the ages of 18 and 24, who may have had dark eyes, was between 5 foot and 5 foot 6, and weighing between 90 and 140 pounds. Also, these are huge windows here. Six inches, 50 pounds. I'm like, those are not, no. Uh, Her teeth were very well cared for. She had no known cavities when she died and had plastic sealants and porcelain caps on her teeth. It was assumed that she had braces at one point in her life or was prepared for them. Her wisdom teeth were still present, but two had not erupted from the gums yet. It was clear that she had previously had a broken nose, and she was wearing either jeans or a jean jacket when she was set on fire. And she was very burned. Like, that's why they really couldn't describe her at all. You'll get an idea of just how bad later, but yeah. So, a composite drawing and a 3D rendition was made to show what Jane Doe may have looked like. While the murder was investigated, eventually the case did go cold. 2017, a DNA sample was sent to Parabon NanoLabs to create a composite phen- phonio- How do you pronounce this? phonotype based on DNA from phonotype. the gene type. Yeah. Was, it's too science i I'm like, so. phonotype. <laughs> okay. So I actually, I don't know if you remember, I talked about this a little more in our 50th episode, America's Sweetheart. And it's the same method that was used to identify the Golden State Killer.
1: Oh, which okay, we still haven't yeah, like talked about the yet. And stuff.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy.
1: Very. <laughs> love science. It,
0: I was like, love the science, though. <laughs> science, yes. So, with the results of this, a new composite was made of a woman who looked totally different. Turned out that the dough had actually been black, not white.
1: Oh, what the fuck?
0: Mm-hmm. That's why I was saying she was really burned. So burned that they thought she was white before. They couldn't even tell what skin tone she had. And this was obviously a huge shock. For nearly two decades, they had been searching for a white victim, not even considering Black victims. And when I was researching this case, I found a thread on web sleuths about the Jane Doe before this DNA sampling. And people were commenting different white women who were missing, like, convinced it was the Jane Doe. And, like, if I didn't know that they ended up identifying her and that she was Black, I would have thought that they were correct, too. Because these images, like, looked like the 3D rendition. So... I'm going to go and show you the original composites versus the end result one. So this is white drawing with white 3D. Can you oh, see? Wow. So that was the original one from 2001. This is the one from just a oh, few shit. years ago. Completely different, dude.
1: Completely.
0: It's crazy. They were so wrong. <laughs>
1: Very. I mean, it's still the yeah. same like fl- facial structure, but like, yeah, the skin tone definitely like, <laughs> she looks like a completely different person.
0: So the new photo composite was released and eventually a family had reached out and given a DNA sample of their missing loved one to be tested against the Jane Doe. In late 2019, it was confirmed that the body found all those years ago in Sacramento had been that of 20-year-old Perrin Gray. So here is a picture of her years before she died i think it's like her driver's license picture next to the composite which again i will be uploading ta-da they never look like the composites to me yeah not really yeah no (laughs) but apparently it works for someone who saw it yeah I wasn't able to find much information on Perrin's life, but I read in one place that she had left home at 17 and later on had been a victim of domestic violence. She went missing from San Francisco in 2001. Perrin's loved ones were holding out hope that she was out there somewhere. In 2003, there were reports that she had been hospitalized, and in 2007, a false sighting of her was made in Oakland. Her family believed that she may have been living in Las Vegas until they finally found out that she had been murdered. Even though Prince's body has been identified, the case is still not closed. It is suspected that her death is related to her disappearance, and hopefully now that people know who she is, someone will come forward and reveal the information needed to close this case. And this is all we know about her case. Damn. Yeah. Yep. There's, like, absolutely nothing, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, hopefully her family's able to get answers on, like, who killed her and why they killed her. Yeah, let there's no... There's no suspects. There's no nothing.
1: But at least they... I
0: mean, maybe there was DNA somewhere. Yeah. Hopefully there's DNA that they could do the same kind of testing and link it to a killer or something.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, I I feel...
1: I personally would rather know what happened to them Mm -hmm. or, like, where they are.
0: Than who did it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, sure instead that of living
1: the rest of their lives, like, just wondering, at least they have that peace of, like, oh, she's, like, gone.
0: hmm They're not wondering if she's still yeah. alive. They're out somewhere.
1: I mean, it's still no, pretty sad that mean. they don't know what happened, but...
0: Obviously, you want both, but this one is kind of okay. Yeah. They were able to, like, bury her if they want and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It sucks that there's, like, no more information here. Every single article was, like, the same, all super short and just saying the same things over and over again. Damn. I know, it sucks. It sucks especially when they don't have any information about how the person, like, was or, like, where they were from. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was my first story.
1: Cool. So that means on to my second story. I promise it's not as dark as my first one.
0: Yeah, still moderately dark, well, though, because this episode no, is about no, murder. No, no, it's actually not that dark. Okay, maybe they, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: you'll see, you'll see. We'll see. I know, like, we'll see. Maybe they weren't murdered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk about Grateful Doe, also known as Jason Doe.
0: Love the nicknames. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On June 26, 1995, around 1.30 p.m., two men were killed when they... Crashed into a pair of trees on the U.S. Route Fifty Eight West in Emp- Emporia, Greensville County, Virginia. Goddamn! It's the last name. Quite sorry. a name, but
0: still <laughs> terrifying.
1: Neither man was wearing a seatbelt, which likely contributed to each of their deaths. Oof. The driver was identified as Michael Hager. Um, the owner of the Volkswagen van that they were in when they crashed. Mm-hmm. The, on the unidentified body, they found two resale Grateful Dead tickets, a dollar and quarters, and a yellow big lighter.
0: Oh, okay. No wallet? Yeah, no wallet. Weird.
1: A letter was also found, but depending on the source, it was either in the doe's pocket or near the crash site depending on what source you look at, which I thought was interesting.
0: That sounds (laughs) like it's literally out of a novel. A mysterious note was found.
1: (laughs) I I feel like it makes more sense to be found in his pocket.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, uh, how did it land? If it was, I don't know.
1: (laughs) But yeah, the the letter read, Jason, sorry we had to go. See you around. Call me. Number 914-XXXX.
0: Oh, I thought you meant it said that in the paper. They just couldn't reveal the phone number, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, they like blurred it. (laughs) I was Um. like, what's this note about? (laughs) And then it had the names Caroline T. and Caroline O. And then Bye. (laughs) What? Like, Bye?
0: No, I just meant two Carolines.
1: Oh, yeah, I thought that was (laughs) creepy too. And then it it also had like a little arrow pointing to the first Caroline.
0: Like, Whoa, okay. like, call me to the. Me, the not Caroline. the other Caroline.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny. Um, for some
0: reason, we still put her name down, though. I don't know why. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, the phone number lacked an area code and never led to any additional clues.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: The letter also contained a small drawing that some speculate is of Jerry Garcia, which is the lead <laughs> guitarist slash vocalist for Grateful Dead. Oh, they probably met at the concert. Uh, That's what I'm guessing, but... uh, I'm going to show you a picture of the drawing. And the little character that they say is Jerry Garcia, I actually think it looks like uh, some of the characters from Soul. But this is not note.
0: Oh! (laughs) Yeah, that definitely just looks like a face. It doesn't... (laughs) like a cartoon.
1: Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you think that's Jerry Garcia, but I
0: know! Who confirmed that? (laughs) Yeah, I'll definitely put a picture of that and be like, do you guys see Jerry Garcia in this image? (laughs) I thought that was funny. Because I don't. Uh, Me and
1: you both. (laughs) But yeah, because of, like, they found the Grateful Dead tickets and this note that said Jason, that's kind of where he got his name. Grateful Doe. And Jason Doe.
0: Well, it's going to be funny if his name's not even Jason. Don't tell me.
1: <laughs> they also discovered that the tickets were dated for June 24th, 1995 and June 25th, 1995, which was literally like days, two days. Like the
0: day before. Yeah,
1: the day before and two days before.
0: So they went to concerts two nights in a row. Yes, I was like, well, that's the hilarious. Super fans.
1: <laughs> yeah. Neither of the Carolines have been
0: identified, which
1: I think sucks. That
0: does suck. I would. I'm sure that they did some version of this. I would get every area code within, like, the fucking United States, call all these numbers, and try to find this Caroline. Right? They had time. <laughs> yeah. What if it's just a fake number, though?
1: <laughs> True. They also did find the man who sold the tickets to them, but he. It nothing came about it because I guess the man didn't remember who he told them to. So he was selling a bunch. But Grateful Doe was estimated to be between the ages of 15 and 21 years old. Oh, he had brown eyes, long curly hair that was either brown or a dark blonde that had been like dyed. Oh
0: my gosh!
1: There was a tattoo of a star on his upper left arm and another possible tattoo which had faded on his right arm both of which appear to have been amateurishly executed
0: i was just gonna say probably stick and pokes if he's underage no like
1: uh, i (laughs) there's a picture right here of the cool. and
0: and it does look a little like choppy his friend just did in his garage Oh my god, that is funny and it's tiny too. It's I was imagining tiny. like a big detailed star, just a little bloop, little loop to loop baby no, and star. it's literally like the ones you or the ones I still draw like I draw it like that too. Like, like with yeah. still the
1: lines in the mirror and stuff. Yes.
0: That's I was totally expecting like a detailed like traditional style maybe tattoo and I was like, "Oh, this looks <laughs> no. like someone just drew on his arm with a pen."
1: No, yeah, and it's super tiny. <laughs>
0: it's so small. <laughs>
1: He was wearing a beaded necklace, and his left ear was pierced, but he wasn't wearing an earring. There was cool also kid. a scarf found on his back. Doesn't say from what or <laughs> where exactly, but
0: yeah, I guess they wouldn't know.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> they should know everything. No, I'm just kidding. they should know. Um, he was a Caucasian and had no apparent dental work, and his teeth were fairly well cared for.
0: All of our stories have well-maintained teeth.
1: <laughs>
0: My next one, I mentioned teeth, too. Oh, wow. It's a weird trend.
1: It is. Well, I that mean, that's usually... It's oh, yeah, they don't like, really
0: have much to look at.
1: Right? It's just the <laughs> teeth, fingerprints, and DNA.
0: Fair. And I sound like... <laughs> I'm just relating all these really common themes for Jane and John Doe's, and I'm like, isn't it weird we both have teeth? <laughs> Did.
1: At the time of the accident, he was wearing a red tie-dyed Grateful Dead T-shirt, Levi jeans, white socks, and black fila running shoes.
0: Sounds like he got
1: he got mad drip, y'all.
0: I know. I was like, he's a cool kid. His one yeah. pierced ear, his little star tattoo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the driver, Michael E. Hager, was found out to be 21 years old. They suspected that he picked up Jason Doe as a hitchhiker. Fuck. They theorized that Michael may have fallen asleep at the wheel as neither of them had drugs or alcohol in their bodies.
0: Oh my god, that's scary.
1: So I'm like, damn.
0: I've fallen asleep at the um, wheel before. It's scary. I got pulled over, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... that. Extra sucks that he was probably a hitchhiker because, like, having this other guy's identity doesn't help them figure out who Jason Doe is at all. Right? Oh, that's like, that's rough. That sucks.
1: Authorities suggest that Michael may have agreed to transport Jason Doe because of their similar styles of dress (laughs) and how they both appear to be fans of the Grateful Dead.
0: Oh, they became friends.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like at concerts, you do become really friendly with people. Yeah. I mean, at least I have in the past.
0: I've never really been to a concert, but at Pride, I know people would always come and try to be friends with me, but I'm, like, awkward, so they give up.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm usually pretty shy, too, but last year, or, I don't know, it was a few years ago, I -hmm. went to go see this artist, James Young, Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, there was a girl there that I met, and she was, like, from Oceanside, and we were, like, the first ones in line, like, literally. Oh, like, damn. it was her and then me. Like, <laughs> we were literally the first ones, and we got there early, like, like, we were literally the first ones in line. Um, but, yeah. yeah, we basically just kind of, like, chatted with her because we had nothing else to do. And she was cool. Found out. Yeah. I think I, I just said it right. She's from Oceanside. But yeah. Yeah, she was cool. That's when close I have to her on San Instagram. Diego. <laughs>
0: Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That's yeah, so I have funny. her on Instagram. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never made friends like that. But Leah, our old co-host, my sister, if you are new, uh, became friends with our friend Sammy. Shout out, Sammy. She actually listens to this. And they became friends because they were both at this 18 and over club in San Diego. And they were both, I'm sorry to just call you guys out like this. They were like 19. But I guess they were both just going and trying to grind on all the guys there. And they bonded over that, and now we're, like, friends with her and have been for years. <laughs> so people definitely meet hey, going Sammy's out. Sammy's awesome, though. I know. Sammy is awesome. She really supports our podcast. I mean, and I just, I just met her that
1: once at Pride. And...
0: Oh, I forgot you met her. Yeah, Sammy's really nice. Yeah. Shout out Sammy. She's probably yeah, screaming she's awesome. right now. <laughs> she, gets, she sends me very excited Snapchats being like, oh, my God. So I hope she sends me one right now. <laughs> But yeah, sorry, you can continue your story.
1: That's funny. That's awesome. I love that.
0: <laughs> I know. It's a nice meat cute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they attempted to identify Grateful Doe through fingerprint analysis but were unsuccessful. Ugh. Police had interviewed Michael's family and they were no help in identifying Jason Doe. Apparently, Michael had stopped a little before to give his dad a letter in Williamsburg, Virginia. But when he stopped by his dad's place, uh, he was alone, so mm-hmm. they couldn't help.
0: Yeah, of course, they probably met at the concert.
1: It is speculated that Jason Doe had been picked up between Fairfax and Gloucester, Virginia. Oh God, a so weird ass name, bro! <laughs> I don't even know if I pronounced it right. Sounds like an ingredient in an unhealthy (laughs) snack. (laughs) Gloucester.
0: Sounds like those videos where they'd be like, oh, you eat Cheez-Its, let me read the ingredients. And they say some shit like that. (laughs) 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 That's a very specific thing that it sounds like to me. Um,
1: Due to the severity of the lacerations on Grateful Doe's face, mortuary? Is that how you say it? Mortuary. I think that's what you say. Mm -hmm. Mortuary photographs were not released to the public. Um, But they did later on do like a facial reconstruction. Okay. But that one, the first one they did didn't really pan out. Nothing happened. Didn't really look like, kind of like yours. Like it just was like not even, didn't even look like it. But yes, uh, 17 years later in 2012, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children came out with another facial reconstruction. With the new picture of Jason Doe, they were able to rule out at least 221 missing people.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah, I thought that was crazy.
0: Significant. Um, (laughs) He
1: remained nameless for 20 years until December 9th 2015. Whoa. So, in 2015, photographs surfaced of a young man wearing similar clothes to those worn by Grateful Doe. Not only did they dress similar, but he bore a really strong resemblance to the reconstruction images. This particular young man had not been heard from since 1995 and was known to have lived in Illinois and South Carolina. He had also been described to be a fan of the Grateful Dead. Aww. Um, this story had actually been covered on BuzzFeed and the New York Post. Oh,
0: damn.
1: But this kid that sounds a lot like Ardo, his name was Jason Patrick Callahan. Hmm. His 63-year-old mom had not seen or heard from him since June 1995 when he left home to quote Follow the Grateful Dead. (laughs) Oh,
0: he was just a little groupie. Yeah, he was. Oh, that makes me sad.
1: Jason is described as a white male with wavy blonde hair, brown eyes, and was between 5'10 and 6 feet. Weighed about 160 pounds. Jason was 18 when he disappeared.
0: Oh, fuck, he was young.
1: Yeah. DNA eventually confirmed that the Grateful Doe was Jason Patrick Callahan. Oh
0: my gosh. I looked at so pictures. Real name was Jason. He doesn't look like the composite, the first one.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, the first one doesn't look like it. But the second, the, one,
0: the second one looks a him. lot like it does look like him. That first one is like kind of fucked up looking. It makes him look like a child. It yeah, looks like a I child mean, was and young, like but... also Schmeagol. But not this looks like an 11 year old.
1: <laughs> like a baby.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, once identified, if he was still alive, he would have been 38 at the time. He would have been 44 today.
0: Fuck, dude. Oh my god. He was like unidentified longer than he was even alive, huh? Oh my god, you're right. That's scary. Oh my god. He was god. 18
1: when he disappeared. And he was unidentified for 20.
0: Fuck, that's scary. So his parents were wondering what happened to him longer than they even got to know their child. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's dark.
1: It's sad. But uh, Jason's mom actually didn't report him missing until 2015. Um, The same year he was posi- positively identified.
0: Whoa, why? You'll see.
1: Oh. Um. According to the spokesman for Myrtle Beach Police, Lieutenant Joey Crosby, Jason's mom didn't file a report with police due to the nomadic nature of the Grateful Dead fans. Oh. <laughs> she thought he was
0: still following them 20 years later.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I guess she did attempt to report it when he met- went missing, but she didn't know, like, where he technically he went missing or like where she had to report it like the jurisdiction mm-hmm. and all that
0: all the technicalities
1: yeah so she like just didn't
0: fuck um, good thing she did though because that's how he got identified huh by comparing the images yeah whoa that is so lucky
1: um but yeah jason's family also stated that they presumed he had gone to live on his own elsewhere like he just He's you know, just decided to go live his life <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: they didn't think he was dead at all no that's awful
1: I mean it was an accident you know
0: yeah yeah though. that's
1: the story of Jason
0: oh my god yeah I'm gonna upload pictures of this as well so I keep saying our Instagram is just gonna be flooded with composite drawings whenever this <laughs> episode comes out dude that's. I really thought you were going to do two murder ones. So whenever I was like saying something about how it's murder and you just looked at me, I was like, or not? <laughs> yeah, I was like, no.
1: Not my second that's one. Sad. It was an
0: accident. Man, I wish I Well, I mean, after up.
1: choosing the really dark one, I was like, I should choose one that's not so bad, you know?
0: Yeah, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. I did not think that he was going to, it took me till nearly the end of your story, honestly, to relate Grateful Doe with the grateful to
1: the band oh i was
0: like i did not realize why it was called that for a really long time did that's funny oh my god okay that's sad i'm also i'm looking at the note again <laughs> who speculated that this is <laughs> i don't know who maybe some people. it's Oh, I can't wait to show you guys. It's literally just, like, two cartoon eyeballs with a mouth. And they're like, oh, I know who this is. <laughs>
1: no, tell me it doesn't look like the character from Soul. I'm about to look
0: it up. Which character?
1: I'm about to look it up.
0: Okay, I'm also looking it up. I, like, I vaguely know. remember something looking like that. But I don't remember anyone's names in Soul. Oh, it does look like the people in Soul. <laughs> Like the Guardian like, people it more. It looks like Terry. It, it does. It does. It looks like the dude from Soul who's like counting who's supposed to be dead and stuff if you don't know their names. That is. Yeah, it looks more like him than Jerry Garcia, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, Soul when... wasn't out then, so.
0: <laughs> so I don't think it was. <laughs> but it looks a lot like it. It does. I was going to say, this Caroline went on to actually produce the Pixar movie, Soul. Oh my god. She's actually
1: one of the animators.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The head animator of Soul. (laughs) (laughs) Just her style. (laughs) Imagine, that'd be crazy. I still don't know how they still don't know who, like, the Carolines are. Like, no one remembers this?
1: Right? Or, like, the Carol, like, They didn't, didn't, like, see the story and be like, oh my god, that was me.
0: I know, maybe they were, like, drunk or on drugs or something. I mean, it was the 90s and they were at concerts. They could have been fucked up, but... Yeah, maybe they're dead, too. Oh my god, Brandy, why would you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my god. Okay, well, I'll move on now. Also, the picture of him, by the way, is exactly how I imagine. Very, like, grungy teen. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the look. <laughs> okay. So, for my second story, I'm going to be talking about the Sumter County Dose. At 6.20 in the morning on August 9th, 1976, a trucker found the bodies of two young adults, one man and one woman, on the side of the road in Sumter County, South Carolina. He contacted an employee at a nearby store who then contacted the police. The victims had each been shot in the upper chest three times. Investigators believe that the gun used was a, I don't know gun, so I don't know how to read this, 357 caliber revolver? There's a dot 357? Twas a gun. Mm. (laughs) Twas a revolver. Twas a revolver. (laughs) Earlier that morning, a witness claimed to have seen the two being dropped off on a secluded dirt road. It was believed that they had possibly been the victims of a carjacking, potentially by hitchhikers who then shot the pair while they were trying to leave the vehicle. Which would be fucked up. I'm giving you my car. At least let me fucking walk away. Right? I'm like, I don't care about my car. Just leave me alone. The John Doe, who was sometimes referred to as Jock Doe, was originally believed to be between 18 and 22, before his tooth development was looked into, and it was instead suggested that he was older than 27, maybe up to 30. He was thought to be younger before based on his clothing and his build. So John Doe was white with an olive complexion with shoulder length, brown hair, brown eyes, and distinctively bushy eyebrows. He was six foot one and about 150 pounds. He had a four inch apodectomy scar and scars on his back and shoulders, which suggested that he had frequently played contact sports. An apodectomy is getting your appendix removed. And I thought oh. that was interesting because you were talking about scars in and ears and you're like, well, they wouldn't know where the scars came from. And I was like, weirdly, mine seemed to know where the scars came from. They're like, this is from contact sports. That's I don't know how you tell. Yeah. <laughs> he had also had elaborate dental work done, including a unique type of root canal and had possibly been midway through a complete dental restoration. Some of this dental work may have been done outside of the U.S., the boy was dressed in faded Levi jeans and a red t-shirt that said Coors America's Light Beer on the front and Camel Challenger GT Sebring 75 on the back along with a Snoopy design. <laughs> the shirt was actually a promotional item from the Sebring races held in Florida in 1975, which was sponsored by Coors. He was not wearing any underwear. Maybe comfort is key, I guess. In his jean pocket were matches labeled Grant's Truck Stop, believed to have been bought in the Midwest. John Doe also wore a gold wristwatch made by Belova with the serial number still intact. And this seemed like a good lead until detectives discovered that the watch had been made in 1968, two years before the company had downsized and destroyed a bunch of their files. So no luck figuring out which store this had gone to. And I'm like, Don't delete your files. Don't throw them away. Just store them. (laughs) You never know when shit like this is going to happen. It's so much. Yep. He was also wearing a 14 karat gold ring set with a sapphire. The initials JPF were engraved inside the ring, and the ring and the watch both seemed expensive, along with the expensive dental work I mentioned earlier. This indicated that John Doe may have come from a wealthy background. And I thought it was interesting that he was even wearing this jewelry, because that means whoever killed him, they didn't even want to rob them, you know? Yeah, didn't even take it. Yeah, which kind of makes me doubt the carjacking, because if you're going to carjack them, I assume you'd also want their other valuable stuff. But I'm not a carjacker, so I don't really know (laughs) the (laughs) motives. (laughs) The nickname Jock Doe had actually come from the belief that the man was possibly French Canadian and named Jock Jacques. Oh. the we oui, okay. oui, Jacques. <laughs> yeah. Bonjour. Uh, Jacques. 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 I know. <laughs> I'm trying to say it more French than I have been. Jacques. The JPF initials on his ring also pointed to his name possibly being Jacques. According to someone who said they had met the pair, John Doe told them his name was Jacques, but they spelled this Jacques like a high school Jacques. And that he had left his family in Canada with his girlfriend, and he also mentioned that his dad was a doctor, which kind of goes with the theory that he had a lot of money. Meanwhile, the Jane Doe appeared to be slightly younger than Jacques De, initially thought to be between 18 and 20, before being changed to 18 and 25. She was slim, at 5'5 and around 105 pounds, with an olive complexion just like the other victim. She had reddish-brown shoulder-length hair with bluish-gray eyes. There were two distinctive moles on the left side of her face near her mouth. It was noted that the Jane Doe had unusually long natural eyelashes and had not shaved her legs. Two weird facts there. Long eyelashes, (laughs) long leg hairs. (laughs) She had fillings in all of her back teeth and had straight front teeth. Jane Doe had no surgical scars, had never been pregnant, and had no other scars on her body either. So, even less stuff to identify her with. <laughs> Jane Doe was wearing an unbleached white blouse over a pink front tying halter top, along with blue cutoff shorts. She had a floral print scarf tied around her waist as a belt and was also not wearing underwear. She was wearing, I know, I don't know, because I personally hate the idea of wearing jeans with no underwear.
1: Yeah, that's, that's I. I can't do that. That's uncomfortable. That sounds
0: so uncomfortable to me. And both of them were doing it. And I'm like, all right, I get it was the '70s, but there's no way you felt comfortable.
1: I mean, even in like sweats, I just can't. Like, I feel like not like, comfy. Not comfy. I don't feel secure. <laughs> now imagine that, but in Daisy
0: Dukes. Oh my god! Yeah, ass was probably all out. I know. <laughs> if she had Probably one. was or if it's in the 70s maybe their daisy dukes were long. Now the 70s was the oh, beginning. That's of that's true. People, well, people were starting to get
1: a little crazy. Maybe they were like short but not as short as they are nowadays.
0: Yeah. So they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> I like that she was wearing like a halter top that ties on the front cuz I was like, "Oh, that's a little edgy." And they're like, but she was also wearing a shirt over this. And I was like, but still back then not too edgy yeah Uh, she was also wearing wedge sandals that were lavender and hot pink which sound really ugly if i'm being honest (laughs) with you her whole outfit is very uh very 70s (laughs) and not my style that's funny on her fingers there were three distinctive rings the first ring had an oblong black stone with small turquoise chips embedded in it The second had, like, a feather shape with coral and turquoise stones, and the third was a metal band with red, white, and blue stones. They were all made of sterling silver and appeared to be handmade Native American or Mexican costume jewelry. The rings were thought to be from the southwestern U.S. So they're, like, all this shit that I'm mentioning is from fucking all over the place. His stuff is from the Midwest, hers is southwestern, like, I don't know. Both of the victims seemed well-groomed. Since they had similar skin tones and kind of resembled each other, it was briefly theorized that they could be siblings, but this was later disproved. And it was assumed that the two were a couple. The pair's bodies were kept at a local funeral home in see-through, airtight coffins in the hopes that someone would recognize them as a missing loved one. People from all over the country called to inquire about the bodies and some even came to look in person, but nobody was able to identify them. The bodies remained on display until August 14th, 1977, a little over a year after they were found, before they were buried in a church cemetery in South Carolina. This reminds me of your story a little bit, because hundreds of people actually attended the funeral service, and it was paid for by money that law enforcement had earned. Earned? What's the word? Raised. Raised? Raised? No, I think that they raised it. I don't even think they paid for it. I think they just got other people to pay for it. Of course, Still, they did something. Yeah. Their gravestones were marked with male unknown and female unknown. There are actually pictures of their faces when I'm assuming they were on display that I might post on Instagram, but maybe not. They're not, like, gory or anything, but I don't know if I should post a picture of dead people, you know? So, oh. I am undecided. If I do post it, I'll probably put, like, it in a slide and put, like, Content warning. These people are dead. (laughs) Beware. Uh, So maybe be expecting that, but if I don't post it within a week of this episode, it's because I bitched out because I was afraid. And you'll just have to look it up yourself. But regardless, Brandy, you're lucky. You get to see these dead people. All right. Yay. It creeps me out seeing people dead. Oh, man. And may I point out his distinctively bushy eyebrows that they mentioned they're super bushy super bushy whenever i read that i was like well how bushy could they be very (laughs) yeah they're very bushy but yeah i gotta say it's kind of creepy seeing people dead a little bit this looks like they're sleeping though there were a few theories about what had happened to the sumter county does or who they were so the first one i'm just going to be honest with you guys I saw this on Wikipedia, and when I clicked the source to read more, it took me to a page that had an error. So, take this theory with a grain of salt, because, I don't know, if someone's just fucking around on Wikipedia. <laughs> but, worth a mention. In 1997, a man was reportedly arrested in South Carolina for driving while intoxicated. His car was searched, and inside, a revolver was found. The same kind of revolver used to kill the Sumter Dose. Supposedly, this gun was test fired and proven to be the murder weapon in the killings. The man was located, but never charged due to insufficient evidence, and he later died in the 80s. And, like, I'm just kind of skeptical of the story, because, like I said, the link wasn't working. And it kind of just seems like, if this was true, why would anyone even be theorizing? Because this just sounds like, for sure, the the dude didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. But, To be fair, like, whenever I scrolled over the source, it was first an article from, like, 1977 and then another from 2014. So, possibly they had been mistaken or they were incorrect about the test fire results. Like, in our, what was the name of that episode? Exonerated people? Yeah. Is that the name? Yeah, I talked about Ray Hinton and he was sentenced to death row based on, like, test fire results. And then they realized that the gun that they had test fired was actually not the murder weapon. So, that shit does happen which is terrifying, but it does. It was also believed by some that the Doe's were victim of a serial killer named Henry Lee Lucas. Lucas had actually confessed to police that he was in South Carolina the day that the victims died. But this wasn't and still should not be taken seriously as Lucas actually had a reputation for making false confessions, which sounds insane, but there's a documentary series on Netflix that I watched like a couple months ago. I didn't realize she was going to be related to this. And it's called The Confession Killer. And I would totally recommend you watching it. Because they would just be like, oh, what about this murder? And he'd be like, yeah, I did that one too. And they'd be like, what about this other murder that was the same day across the country? And he was like, I did that? And I'm like, how? (laughs) It's really interesting. (laughs) It's super good. And uh, basically... Spoiler alert, he was kind of getting rewarded, Loki, every time he made a confession. So I think he was just trying to make the cops happy, and they were like, oh yeah, cool, we can close all these cases. No. You'll see if you watch it. In 2007, both of the does were exhumed to have DNA samples taken. In 2019, the DNA Doe Project was recruited to help identify the murdered pair. On October 12th, 2020, results were released showing the victim's ancestral backgrounds. And in January of this year, 2021, the two were successfully identified as American hitchhikers. 29-year-old James Paul Frond and 24-year-old Pamela May Buckley. So I'm going to real quick show you their composites versus their actual pictures. And again, definitely going to upload this. You guys are going to get so many composite images. But a heads up the picture of them, like, in real life is whenever they were both seniors in high school and they were, like, 24 and 29 when they died, so not an accurate age, mm-hmm. so they're, especially the guy's hair looks different. So, here you go. And I can't see it at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, the girl it, kind of, but the dude no. The dude no. Hair makes a big difference, and your boy when he was 18 was, like, super clean cut with, like, short hair and stuff, and you could tell the seventies had taken their toll on him by the, the time he yeah. died. The shaggy hair and all that. It was He a look. still had the thick eyebrows though. He did. But I feel like they didn't look as crazy thick as they were then. True. Like when he was a senior, he was trimming them maybe and then he grew them out. He's like, let's go. Seventies. Yeah, 80. he grew his hair out and his yeah. eyebrows and said Fuck it. Woodstock changed him. <laughs> So, James was born in 1946 in Massachusetts as an only child. He had graduated high school in 1964 before enrolling in the U.S. Army that July. He completed basic training at Fort Knox before going on to complete automotive repair training in Maryland in 1965. That very same year, he married a woman named Sherilyn Albright, but he later filed for divorce in 1971. And it's unclear if this divorce was ever actually finalized or if he just... Kind of started the process. (laughs) Mm. I think the two may have had at least one child, as according to newspaper records that, to be fair, I didn't see. I just read about them. They indicated that he may have had that he may had neglected to pay child support in 1974 and was charged. But the charges were dropped when he began to pay them again. Literally nowhere else did I see a mention of a child just in potentially him being charged for that. So. James is last seen by family on Christmas Day, 1975. At the time he went missing, he had been living in Pennsylvania. And a missing persons report was never filed for him. For whatever reason, I couldn't find a reason why. I don't know if they thought he just, like, wanted to run away or what happened. But in the 1980s, his family petitioned to have him legally declared dead. So actually, I take back my last sentence. It sounds like they didn't think he ran away and just thought he died. which is weird that's really odd that the family put a hit on him i know right (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Uh, his father passed away in 1966 but james mother never got the chance to find out what happened to her son as she herself died in 2004 pamela was born in minnesota in 1951 She was the Redwood JC's Snow Queen in February of 1970 and was on track to become Miss Redwood Falls in 1971. But instead, she left to go tour the West Coast with her folk trio, Sunlending. And if that is not the 70s in a nutshell, her and her (laughs) folk trio named Sunlending, I don't know what is. Uh, At one point, they actually performed in the San Diego State University College It, and I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, hey, San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and another time in 1975 they got to perform with a band called we five who i guess was well known at the time so kind of exciting actually for a small band In december of that year she was reported missing by her family after last being seen in colorado springs colorado and unfortunately that's all the information i have on pamela i don't know if her family's still alive i don't know what they thought happened there yeah. was not much not much information and it's still unclear how exactly James and Pamela even met each other and what their relationship was. Because they were, like, from two totally different states. Both of them missing from different places. To be fair, it was the same month, So, I don't know if they both, like, went hitchhiking. If it was kind of like your dude, they, like, went to follow a band or something and just met.
1: Or no what if what if she was getting attacked and he went to go help and then... Oh, and then they both... both of them.
0: But they didn't... They didn't get killed until six months after they both went missing. Hmm. Which is weirder. I mean, I guess someone could have had them, but there probably would have been signs of that. I don't think that there was really any trauma other than the gunshot wounds. It's really weird. Six months, no one knows what happened, how they met, and then suddenly the vulture's dead on the side of the road. Yeah, that's weird. Super weird but as of now, this case still remains very much open and unsolved, and much like Purian detectives hope that now their identities are confirmed, someone will come forward with more information. And yeah, they were unsolved even longer than, because I was saying how in yours he was unidentified longer than he was alive. These ones, I believe, it was like 40 years unidentified. Yeah, that's... 44. Yeah, yeah that's almost twice their lives. Whew. Damn yeah uh sorry for the dark episode or am i not a little brandy your first one actually almost made me cry so yeah i'm sorry <laughs> yeah but do you have anything else dad no okay well thank you all for listening if you want to email us you can at the spooky dot at gmail.com our twitter and instagram are spooky shit underscore pod make sure to check it out because i'm going to upload a million pictures of everything that we talked about and if you want to check out our website it is spookyshit-pod and we will catch you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.